2: Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. I'm Ellie Gibson. I'm Helen Thorne. And we're joined today by a very special guest. Hello to Woman's Hours, Jane Garvey. Hello. Great to be here. Thank you for asking. Jane Garvey. Jake Jane Garvey's here. We're very excited. So exciting. Even hey. I'm excited. Yay. Yes. And we're even recording on location, aren't we, Helen? We are in Broadcasting House. The Broadcasting the broadca- House. The Not just a Broadcasting House. Yeah. Your no. house could be a Broadcasting House, Ellie. It could be, but it <laughs> contains one crap microphone, so I'm not sure that Whereas qualifies. Whereas we've got thousands
3: of crap microphones here. <laughs>
2: so we're we're very glad to be here and and thank you also Jane. i should say that jane is presently holding my baby literally yes you are holding the baby well not
3: for the first time Um, (laughs) no he is he is lovely and i think you must have maybe are you good at motherhood or something because he's gorgeous and he's really really well behaved and can i say comment on the rigidity of his head he's
2: holding it up something super (laughs) how old is he uh, he's he's eight months yeah, yeah but he was premature but he was two it? months yeah. early so yeah so but well basically I just drug him very heavily with milk uh, I just, <laughs> it's working I fed Indeed. him for about three hours in the he early part here. of that sentence
3: I was a bit worried I was thinking what have I let you myself know. in oh, for oh, no, um, it's a no. clean
2: show there's scummy of. and then there's scummy yeah. you know, <laughs> okay, there's, Right. then there's illegal Ooh, the yeah. relief um
1: Oh, I know. So you, you are a presenter on BBC Radio 4's Women Hour. You have two daughters. You love reading, baths, football and talking. Well, that's a bonus. The talking is a bonus. It is. Yeah. yeah. Yes,
3: good. I say on my Twitter bio that I talk for a living and I do. Yeah. It's It's balmy, isn't it, really?
1: It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. And not
3: that lucrative re- relative to some other people <laughs> no. who do it for a living. But anyway, that's enough of my, my private... Um, <laughs> grievances right. <laughs> carry on and you and it says you're learning to cook is that still a fact well not really I mean I do uh, like a lot I'm a single parent I've got my daughters are 15 and a half oh. and nearly 13 and we just eat a lot of mince <laughs> and, and I, I spent yesterday afternoon making chilli which yes. wasn't particularly appreciated actually quite a lot of faff yeah uh, but the kids have I mean after many years they've cottoned onto the fact that we do eat a lot of mince and it just comes in various forms <laughs> sort of disguised yes. as either chilli cottage pie spaghetti bolognese it is essentially Hamburgers. yeah it's yes. the same
2: dish it is um so uh, learning to cook i've mastered mince mm. um that's good my, my dad's a big mince cooker mince is, is the he? only thing he can cook to the point where i i ended up buying him a book of mince recipes oh yeah. i've got that book have you yes. is this is I'm, I'm it. it's yeah. by Rene lasagna <laughs> I think. have you got it
0: yeah,
3: but um, so I'm so I feel as though learning to cook is possibly a lie. I think I was asked to make something up for a Radio Four bio, wasn't I? Which yeah. you just nicked. Yeah, and so I just thought I'll say that because it makes me sound like some sort of little homemaker it's nice, type. It's a nice, well-rounded yes. profile. It's a little bit it? self-deprecating, as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. I don't like to say I make great mince because
2: <laughs> yeah. people, people would then take against me. <laughs>
3: we can't have that
2: no well thank you thank you for coming on the podcast Jane I have to say I'm still sort of getting over it was quite weird to, to meet you just now for the first time in Reception Broadcasting House and yeah it was like me keep meeting a sort of animated radio because I've listened yeah. to your voice for literally years and then there it is coming out of a person yeah, I'm just spooky. like what's, what's she's a real person no she Who doesn't you? look like a radio I thought you were like one of the archers and you just sort of were a figment Jane. I feel like that
3: because I've met some of the
2: archers <gasps> oh, oh no I, I couldn't handle that and that
3: really is that spooky that's proper. Because they're proper legends, the people yeah. the archers. I'm a here today, gone tomorrow type of person. But some of the archers have been there for 40, 50 years on yeah. that programme. I mean, that's
2: incredible. They oh. are really... Radio royalty, those people. Some of them were actually born in the studio, I heard, yes, I and they've just they never were. been allowed to. There's leave. a
3: rumour that they don't really have a farm and that they stand <laughs> around in a studio in Birmingham reading off bits of paper, but I'm, I'm not
2: having that said. <laughs> or someone knocks two coconut shells <laughs> together <laughs> for their it. <whole> <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> oh. um, did the archers look what you thought they were going to look like? I'm not even sure whether legally I'm allowed to answer that
3: <laughs> I think, um, actually, in a funny way, they do. I've got to be honest the two, the, le- the real female legends in the Archers are, are Peggy and Jill. And I have, uh, they're both wonderful, wonderful women, actually. Quite. Um, quite show busy mm. but, but I think I think I'm right in saying that they are both in their 90s wow still working still at the very heart of all those storylines in the archers much loved I mean I wish honestly I hope I get to their stage of life if I'm really lucky and to be still working in a job you love—how great is that in your nineties? Oh, yeah. Fantastic! You see, even Joe agrees.
1: We'll still be talking about our fannies. Yeah. There'll be so much to talk Actually, about. I'm at not 90. sure that you will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you will be crying. Yes. <laughs> Mine'll have fallen off <laughs> or fallen out. That's right.
3: Oh, that's probably just me. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway. Well, lots of exciting uh, stuff to talk about. But to kick us off, Jane, please tell us about your family.
3: My family, okay. Um, Well, I mean, I have to say, holding Joe is a really lovely thing for me because I I love babies. I love babies' heads. I think anyone who doesn't love a baby's head, I mean, I'm just stroking Joe's head. He's gorgeous. (laughs) Um, My having teenagers is a different different kettle of fish and I'm at a stage in life where I guess a lot of women of mine I'm 51 so I've got parents still alive luckily and in reasonably good health but living a long way from me so I've got and I've got a sister and she and I spend a lot she's got two sons I've got two daughters and um, it's an interesting kind of family dynamic. I don't think mine is unusual. You know, I'm a long way from my parents. I try to help them out as much as I can, but obviously I'm working. I've got my responsibilities. My sister's the same. I think it's, it's, a, it's no wonder that women in their 40s and 50s go a bit do doolally tap, because I think a lot of us have got a lot on our plates. And actually, seriously, that's one of the really good things about doing women's Hour, because... I'm at the right age to present a programme.
2: Yeah. To present
3: a programme like that, which talks about and actually confronts sometimes some of the challenges that women are up against.
2: You're, you're holding one of them right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's made me realise how much I want to be a grandparent, though not now. No.
3: Thank you very much. But, um, you know, my daughter's 16 in December and people keep, people keep saying, oh, I think you're through the worst of it. And I'm, oh, I don't know whether I, don't know whether I am. They're, I mean, teenagers are so contemptuous. Um, and just so filled with disdain mm. um, and I think it, you have to it's a difficult time to be a parent actually you've got to, and it's the same for dads I should say you've really got to gather your strength and mm. think you know okay I'm gonna I'm gonna get through this and she'll come round again and, and she, you know my daughter's lovely really but it's it's hard yeah. Different sort of hard work to this.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask you because you've been a mother now for fifteen or fifteen and a half years. Yeah, let's yeah. let's add that extra half. Oh yeah. And you've interviewed like hundreds of mothers in your career. Mm. What would be your best advice for all the scummy mummies out there? something actually that I think your podcast
3: does really well which is to acknowledge just how difficult it can be actually Mm. how lonely it can be Mm. how isolating being a young mum or a a novice mum I don't mean young as in age Um, it's just really tough and I was a radio presenter and I was 35 when Uh, I had my first daughter and I'd always had a really lovely time at work. People had been really nice to me. I was, the, I was a presenter, so there was an element of people dancing around me, if you like, and yeah. doing what I wanted in a rather a deverish way. Imagine my horror to enter a maternity hospital where I was just some other bloody pregnant woman. <laughs> and then all of a sudden people were calling me mommy after my daughter was born. I don't know if that happened to yeah. you. But, you know, they suddenly start saying, now what does mommy want? And I'm thinking, well, I don't know where my mother is. I'm sure she'll be. in a minute." And then they're they, so they, well, they talking about me. Yeah. Uh, and I just felt a bit of a piece of meat. And mm. I think it's a really, really hard time for any woman, actually. Yeah, yeah. And in theory, I had everything going for me. Mm. I was mature. I was... Uh, I wasn't short of money. I had a nice warm house. But I still found those first months, probably years, really, really tough. And I don't think it does women any favours to uh, sentimentalise about that time in your life. Mm. I think women on the whole would be a lot happier if we could all just be honest about it. And actually say, you know what, whoever you are, whatever your circumstances, this can be a really difficult time in your life. And if you have Mm. relatively low expectations... You're probably going to be better off.
1: Yeah, I remember reading. I think it was Jo Brand's autobiography, and she said nobody tells you how hard it is. Otherwise, no one would reproduce again. No, but I think I that's true. I think. Um, I think there's there's a bit of that honesty thing where you want to. When someone gets pregnant, and you, everyone goes, "Congratulations!" Yeah, 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 yeah. Four hundred and fifty likes on Facebook. Mm. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. But you don't want to be like the the grey cloud. But you do want to say. And one of the best advice I got was a friend said. I love it, but some days I hate it. Yeah. there are there are just some days I hate it, and I thought and that was so comforting. But it's not all the Pampers ads and and yeah. No, I you mean you can I... sniff your baby's head, you know, for a couple of hours, but time not for fifteen hours a day. No, you can't.
3: You can't. <laughs> I haven't sniffed Joe's head yet. Oh, oh no, go on, go on, give it a go. Well, I do. You know what I don't miss is the smell of nappies in soft play centres. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, until I have grandchildren, <laughs> I have I have escaped the soft play. Yeah. centre uh there was one in particular i'm not going to name it but the, the was it bardo's was no, it Bardos? No, i'm not going to name it um uh, but the, the sunday early. afternoons uh, i spent in that oh, oh you know just but, I, I never ever want to go there again i mean oh. I, unless i'm with my beautiful gifted grandchildren who are all going to be called jane uh, yeah.
2: regardless of <laughs> or, their just yeah. or just garvey yeah, a garvey garvey um marcus maybe not um But I I think, right, I I agree with what you're saying about there is too much guff out there about how motherhood is a wonderful natural joy. But also, I think sometimes we're in danger of going too far the other way. Because when I was pregnant with my first child, I did have... Loads of people going, oh, it's going to be amazing. But I also had quite a lot of quite annoying people going, oh, your life is over. You'll never leave the house. You'll get postnatal depression. You won't put clothes on for three weeks. You know, you'll forget what a lipstick is and you'll you'll just hate your life. Like, I honestly had men and women saying Saying that to me. Yeah. So, I actually was quite, quite, I actually had quite a nice surprise when Charlie was born. I did have help as well, I should say. My mum lives near me, so I did have someone to hold the baby and cook my tea, and you know, that was a huge, that made a a huge huge difference. And I, I know that I'm very lucky, and I know that I'm maybe the exception to the rule, but I also kind of would like to sit some of those people down now and go, Don't scare women to the point where they think their life is completely over. You Mm. know, I, you know, I I was still going to the pub a week later. All right. I was taking a car seat and it was three in the (laughs) afternoon. Did Um, you have the nipple things in? the What oh, sorry, the nipple things in your bra, the, the, the shields. I've yeah. never
1: had that, I've never had the spurting. I've been very, I've been oh, very, I, I was like Niagara Falls. Like, yeah. I, I remember going into Zara in like a, a mode. She top. went into Zara, though, yeah, <laughs> get that. Go on, and, I, and right. I had a letdown in Zara. I and, had I a letdown in Zara,
2: oh, no. yeah. size <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. 12, so <laughs> 12, my ass. or not <laughs>
1: ironically. Oh, Jesus back. Christ, Look. I know. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was just a leak, leak oh. machine. I remember doing some kind of spurty thing in starbucks and just like spraying the person in the next couch (laughs) can i say
3: i've done that i've tried to breastfeed in a doctor's waiting room and the milk just shot into the face of a bloke on the other side (laughs) and i will always remember the expression on his face as he it was rather sweet actually he wasn't he wasn't being unkind but he obviously needed to get rid of it from his face mm. but he it's a bit like when somebody spits at you accidentally in a conversation and you're yeah. i'm going to have to get rid of this with my finger in a minute but or a tissue but i don't want to make them feel embarrassed yeah. and that that's how he felt yeah. about my anyway let poor bloke i do hope he's all right well <laughs> i would also say honestly and you're you're right to emphasize the good things i get more satisfaction and joy is not too strong a word out of my children's I was going to say achievements but it's not even achievement it's just their general the funny things they say the friends they've made the stuff we do still do together Mm. that's much better than anything else I will ever do. Oh. Yeah. And um you know when you, when they're very little and you might they start school and then you, another mum will say oh we'd like so and so to come round to our house to play and I, I I still get a bit of a thrill out of my children being invited to things because oh. it's like you think oh someone else likes them. Oh that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still a bit surprised. Yeah. Because they're my children obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. But I think yeah, you're really right to emphasize the good stuff. It's an amazing thing to be a parent. And actually obviously I'm coming at this from a woman's point of view, motherhood is not the same as fatherhood. Mm. It's a very, very different thing. It's not better, it's not worse, it's just very, very different. And I do think, I'm so glad that I've been able to be a mum. I really mean that, and I feel very, very fortunate, because I went into it quite late, and it needn't necessarily have happened, and it did, and I'm incredibly, incredibly lucky. I'm gonna yeah. break I'm gonna burst into You're like oh, actually being quite sensitive. You are,
1: you're being very lovely, <laughs> very sincere. <laughs> Don't <fall for> it. <laughs> I I I do remember listening to women's I think it was a couple <sighs> of years ago and there was a, a psychologist on. <laughs> oh God. And there often is, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um, she was talking about motherhood and I remember her saying often a lot of things can be dealt with, with a glass of wine with a friend. Mm. And I know it sounds really silly, but that was one of these moments when I was listening to your show going, oh, thank God, you know. Mm.
3: So, yeah, and that I was
1: think really good.
3: I had, um, and I'm sure a lot of women, I hope a lot of women can relate to this, a, a friend who was around at the time, who was in the same situation as me, oh. who lived next, literally next door to me oh, wow. in West London. And she and I, Liz, her name know, she might even be listening, um, we would just spend a bit of time together every single day while I was on maternity leave and she was around at home, it made such a big difference. Walking in the park, walking to the park, even just watching telly together... Just not to be on your own. Yeah. Um, and if I were a man, I'd have had seven kids. Mm. Because I think it's a wonderful thing to be a father and to be able to walk away, bye, I'm off. <laughs> mm. Slam goes the front door. And yeah. you just think, oh, my God, what am I going to do now for 10 hours, 11 hours, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, watch the
1: clock. Yeah, watch yeah. the clock.
3: And then and then you get, I mean, I, my first daughter was born before CBeebies. What? Exactly.
1: Before iPads. There
3: was no exactly <laughs> no, iPads. There were no iPads and there was no CBeebies. Ah. But it does seem like a long, long time ago. And it was the last century. Well, she was yeah. only two weeks old when the century... And I always remember as a child, this is a not particularly interesting story, <laughs> I would lie awake at night as a, a young teenager thinking, what will I be doing on, Chris, on New Year's Eve 1999 if I live that long? And I know exactly what I was doing on New Year's Eve 1999. I was breastfeeding. Yes. And I did not stop. I went right through into the 21st century <laughs> on a kind of desperate breastfeeding marathon to soothe a two week old baby. Oh,
1: tits out. Uh, yeah,
3: I mean, it was, yes, my tits were out for the new century, but it wasn't quite the way I might have imagined.
1: Shall we? I think we've, we've cracked the nut of motherhood, I reckon. <laughs>
2: do i wish i I had odd episodes but we've done it
1: yeah yeah thank you uh should we should we move on to career chat oh let's do it career chat Mm. now um jane how how did how did this all begin how How, did you get this job (laughs) what's what's behind we're going behind the microphone today yes
3: behind the microphone um well i got this job uh i have to say sometimes i I live in west london Mm. and there's a lot of um women who don't work in in west london Joe's just copping up a little bit there. What? Yeah, good luck to him. <laughs> um, and um, they're not, not everybody in West London is a woman and doesn't work, but there are women I meet who yeah. will say to me, um, oh, you're so lucky to have a job like yours. How do you get a job like yours? Because I'm part-time, yeah. which is one of the brilliant aspects of working a woman's hair, is that I do usually three or four days a week. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm usually gone by mid-afternoon. Perfect. At the latest, Yeah. In fact. <laughs> The answer to the question how did you get the job is that it took me... when well, I went into radio at 23, worked in local radio for nearly eight years... Mm-hmm then worked at five live for 13 years then came to radio four so no one can tell me
1: you don't you just knock on the door going oh, I i'm not, jane i'm really no, great i, didn't I al- love women <laughs> i didn't arrive at broadcasting house as
3: a 23 year old and say right put me on radio four yeah. i'm afraid in my case it didn't work that way i think some people do have an amazing yeah. quick start but uh. i you know i didn't so i've been stealthy and you were,
1: you were the you were the first voice of Five live. Yes,
3: I was. That's yes. amazing. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm a living bit of radio history. You
1: are. Yeah.
3: you are. Great. That's exciting. Um, <laughs> doesn't really mean you get served any quicker in Tesco Express. I have to be honest. Oh, but you don't um, have some
1: gold card that just like gets no. you gets you in the front queue of Greg's or anything like that. <coughs> no. Have
2: you got a Black Nando's card? <gasps>
3: uh, no. Although I am a frequent user of their oh, uh, service. You yeah. Get,
2: you should get one. You're a celebrity. You should get a black card. I am not a
3: celebrity. I went to Nando's on Mother's Day. That was what my kids thought would be a nice treat. <laughs> Uh, and I still paid. I mean, it's unbelievable. Honestly, Nando's. We've
1: got to make some calls, Ellie. <laughs> this, is this is an injustice.
3: And they were giving out flowers. This woman particular...
2: needs free
1: chicken. <laughs> I, was, I got one really
3: knackered-looking tulip on my way out of Nando's on Mother's oh. Day. Anyway, happy days. But
2: well, my um, husband also thinks it's appropriate for a special occasion. It was our wedding anniversary the other week. Oh, not Nando's, surely. Well, we, we were talking about where to go, and I said, why don't we just, you know, we live quite near Catford, and I said, why don't we just go to the Noodle House in Catford? I like noodles. He went, no, no, I'm not going to Catford Noodle House for our anniversary. And I said, "All right, all right." And he said, "What about Nando's?" And I went, "Are you are you serious?" Is that an improvement on the noodle house. And he went, "Refillable drinks." Oh, fair <laughs> <got a laughs> like, wow, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like a bottomless, you know, cup of Coke? <laughs> <laughs> Me on my anniversary.
1: <laughs> fair, fair, fair point. Yeah, Ellie. Mm. I was going to ask, is, is is this the dream role for you? I mean, it, it sounds like it. You get to work part time. <sighs> You get to hang out here. You meet fabulous people. What, oh how,
3: how could you improve? I'm not sure. Do you know, genuinely, yeah. I'm not sure I could. Yeah. Um, there are brilliant practical aspects to it. So I'm at home when my kids get back from school. Oh. Are they interested in seeing me? Not really. Are they interested in talking to me? Not so much these days. <laughs> are they sort of glad that it's me who's there? I think probably they are mm. but they wouldn't put it into words and no. i've been really fortunate that that's been i've worked at women's hour for seven and a half years i'm sure it, to my colleagues it feels a lot longer it might be nearly 8 years in fact yeah. it is um and that means that i've seen my younger daughter right through her school career being mm. picking her up from school being able to pick her up from school every single day well, or her dad cool. i should say not just yeah. me always and that has been a real i think They'll never express it because children don't express it. But I think that's been nice for them. Mm. Um, And it means that now, actually, we all go out of the house at the same time. They're both at secondary school, so we all leave the house at more or less the same time. That's brilliant as well. Yeah. Plus, um, it's a great, great job. Mm. You know, I have interviewed... David Cameron, I've interviewed Merrill oh, Street. See, was a great job. it's I'm not making political comments. I've interviewed <laughs> I've interviewed Yvette Cooper. I've interviewed Liz Kendall. Yeah. I've interviewed julianne moore. i've I mean these are I've interviewed as well amazing writers. I love reading and I love oh. books, and i've uh, you know I, I, I this morning I interviewed three judges. you know these are spectacular opportunities and i'm really i'm really grateful for them
2: has there ever been anyone you've been sort of daunted about interviewing you thought wow this person is so i don't know impressive or so famous you know i think
3: um i think politics i mean there is no doubt the sweat trickles down my back interviewing the prime minister and i've done it a few times live and i've interviewed gordon brown and uh, tony blair actually before i came to woman's out and I don't take that lightly Mm. I mean I I do get extremely nervous I find it very very tense and
2: why because you're worried
3: well because you could so if you're interviewing the prime minister live trust me there is pressure on you and what you'd expect there to be and you can you can just cock up absolutely spectacularly and it's potentially career ending I mean actually every live program you do is potentially (laughs) career ending because you can make a clangor that's you say something that you didn't mean to be offensive. but Other people can interpret it that way. That happens most days, I should say. But, you know, sometimes you could just overstep the mark. And I am, I am aware of that. And I find it, um, the older I get, actually, the more nervous I get. I don't get less nervous. Really? Mm, I think that may be an age thing. I, I, I don't know. I think you just have a sense of how much you're risking. I think it's this. Yeah,
1: answer. yeah. If it is it's such a, a precious thing, because obviously you've got your professional life, but there's still the Jane Garvey gut feelings. And well, it's funny like that, you yeah. sort of leave the Jane. I'm talking about myself in the third person. Very, <laughs> Jane, Jane very, Garvey very dodgy. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, when you start to do that, you sound like a football manager under pressure. I always think so. I try not to do it. Um, uh, yeah, there is the real me, but the real me doesn't usually make. Well, actually, that's not quite true. I think i <laughs> I think I'm closer to my true self when I'm broadcasting than a lot of other broadcasters, yeah. which I think may or, may or may not be part of my appeal. I think it's why some people like what I do and equally people don't. Other people don't.
1: Yeah.
3: And I think you just have to accept that you are not going to be universally liked. Uh. You're just not. And in fact, the worst possible reaction you can get from the audience is no reaction. Yeah. If people just say, I don't mind or I don't know, then you're probably not going to make a successful broadcaster. If you can make an appearance on radio or telly and have people going, can't stand her, oh, I like her, then actually that's probably more likely to make a success of it. But you have to be a bit, bit... So develop a reasonably thick skin, mm. I think. But also, I should say that for the overwhelming majority of the audience, they've got no feeling about you. I mean, they probably don't really know who you are. I mean, a lot of people don't know whether it's me or Jenny, mm. and they'll listen to the whole program. And I was getting tweets on holiday last week congratulating me on various interviews I hadn't done, yeah. and I because I, yeah. I was on holiday. Yeah, lovely. Uh, <laughs> and I was just thinking, oh, you know, I don't know whether to be pleased about this or not. Um, and I think just took one for the team. You know, yeah. Jenny. Yeah, Jenny's been presenting women's hour for thirty years. Wow. I mean she or nearly thirty years. I mean she's a massive part of the sort of, of the the programme and the heritage of it. And um it's taken a long time for me to establish myself because uh, I'm just I'm just the you know, the new one. Yeah. In a lot of people's minds. And yeah. um you know, that's 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 been quite hard work at times.
1: Yeah. Um I was gonna ask you about um I guess how women's hour has even changed since you you started in 2007 because now it's so much more interactive yes like yes. as you were saying like you get tweets about how, how how has that sort of changed things and it has
3: um i mean that was always my intention i was brought to the program to change it a bit yeah um that was the idea and um I think it's essential as well that we now have a presenter younger than me and because Emma Barnett now presents the yeah. programme too. And she's um, in her early 30s. I think she's only just 30. Now, that's good. because it's
2: 30 these days, I honestly? God alone knows.
3: She's like a baby.
2: <laughs> What's she doing on Radio 4? Get on the YouTube. Don't think I haven't
3: complained. <laughs> Get her off. She's too good and too young. Uh, um, so, yeah, no, we have made it more interactive. We have made it less... Um, I mean, Jenny does the programme in her way. Emma does it in her way. I do it in my way. Mm. You'd have to ask our colleagues... Which one of us is the most annoying of the three? Wouldn't be surprised if I was the most annoying. <laughs> I tend to... I hate scripts. Yeah. I, I think that it, I think a lot of Radio 4... I'm not talking about Woman's Hour particularly, but a lot of Radio 4 sounds like a lot of very nice people with lovely voices reading things out. Mm. And I really wanted to move away from that to make Woman's Hour a much more... Well, not lively, just a, a, a looser... A more in, slightly more engaging, slightly more modern sounding program, yeah, because I think as well, humor is a vital part of all women 's lives. I, yeah. I really value my friendships with women and i 've got a lot of really good friends, some of whom i 've known from school, others i 've met through my kids and and from through work and the the big thing about our relationships is laughter
0: mm.
3: and taking the piss out of each other and <laughs> laughing about how grim life can be actually at times but not yeah. always grim sometimes just very very funny <laughs> and um, I wanted to bring some of that to the programme too oh. but Women's Hour you know to, without banging the drum too much I'm so proud of it it sometimes talks about stuff that nobody else in the mainstream media would go anywhere near mm. and it's easy to mock us because we do have a bit of an obsession some people call it with rape and with domestic violence and with what's going on in Afghanistan and other parts of the world where women are still treated like shit mm. and yes, okay um, some people might find that boring, well good luck to them, they don't have to listen but somebody has got to acknowledge this and yeah. someone has got to do these stories and interviews and I'm really proud that we're the ones that do it but we also have conversations and, and the BBC is amazing at facilitating this about really relatively simple stuff like why are so many women having plastic surgery on their vaginas yeah what why is that well we know why because of porn Mm. who else is going to talk about this only us yeah and i'm allowed to sit there live on national radio and talk to an eminent specialist as i did about a year ago about what does a normal vagina look like and of course, there is no such thing as a labia or an all and, and a Rorschach painting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's
1: just they come in like
3: everything else, come in all shapes and sizes. Our faces and, are
1: all different. Why can't our fannies be all different? And they are. That's they the are. really bizarre thing. Yeah. But you know,
3: you you get stories now of of. Well, I know a story about a man turning up at a plastic surgeon with his wife. Showing the plastic surgeon a picture of something he'd seen on porn and saying, I want my
2: wife to look like that. Go away.
3: Well, it happens. That is crazy. And that's something that Woman's Hour wouldn't have talked about when it started in 1946. No. on The very first programme, and I've learnt this because sometimes I do talks about Woman's Hour, but um, the very first programme featured an item on what to do with whale meat. And then later in that week, (laughs) throw it in the bin. (laughs) No, at the time it was you know big staff. There was a feature on how to hang your husband's suit.
2: Mm. Wow! Now
3: that is a measure of how far we've travelled. And that first program back in 1946 was presented by a man because the BBC didn't believe that women would listen to the voice of another woman.
1: Oh wow! Forward thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a bit like in Australia. The Australian Prime Minister is also the Minister for Women. The Tony Abbott, delightful Tony Abbott. Yeah. I'm allowed to slag him off because I don't work for the BBC, but hmm. he's a two dickhead. for one. <laughs> <laughs> two for one. When is it man's Hour, Jane? When is it man's Hour? I get who, that Who's that Samuel man Who he, he Tim Samuel? Tim Samuel. Men's sorry. Hour
3: is on Five Live. It does exist. So to every Neanderthal who complains about <laughs> uh, the existence of Women's Hour, and some people do, I point out that Men's Hour exists. Also, I, I should say. Test match special. Has anybody heard that? That's just a load of old men wittering to each other. Now that exists and it has every right to. But as long as that exists... Woman's Hour has more than a right to exist. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is men talking really seriously for hours on end about other men hurling a spherical object at each other and sometimes hitting it. I
2: know. Oh, I, man, know that's just... I was listening to it the other day. They had a chat about plastic surgery on vaginas, I think. Okay, okay. I must <laughs> have missed, missed that. <laughs> that. Maybe I mistuned the radio. Oh, no. I Kathy Lett was on the other day. Was she? And she made this amazing point <laughs> that...
1: They brought in um, helmets 100 years after they bought in the dick guards. And she said, Isn't that. That yes. tells you all you need to it's know. know about men.
2: Oh, yeah. She
1: was.
3: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right?
2: Or cricket. Can I ask you a behind-the-scenes at Woman's Hour question, Jane? Well, it depends what it is, but go on. Well, like, you know how you and Jenny and Emma, like, sometimes you have to do, like, the... um and if you've enjoyed the programme, I'm not doing an impression of you, I'm just saying you slightly <laughs> <extremely laughs> offensively as though you might be. And if you've enjoyed the programme, don't forget there's the Women's Hour podcast. Yes, now, sometimes yes. when you have to do that announcement, you sound like you're sort of mentally disembowelling yourself. Mm. You sound like you just would rather well, do anything than talk no, about this bloody podcast. No, I
3: love the podcast. In fact, I was listening to it last week on holiday. So what happened was, I'll be really honest, behind the scenes answer, completely honest, Joe's looking fascinated and I can't blame him. <laughs> um, our podcast wasn't doing very well for whatever reason this is about 18 months ago and so we got some whiz kid in who said okay i think the problem with the podcast not doing very well is that you're never mentioning it so people don't know they can get it so why don't you just mention it every day so we started mentioning it every day (laughs) guess what it is now the bbc's second most successful (gasps) daily download podcast and it's brilliant for us um so the podcast has really been successful but you're right we did get complaints peculiarly and i understand the logic of this we get complaints from people listening to the podcast who don't need to be reminded <laughs> to get the podcast because they have got the podcast. So it's a bit complicated. So we were thought, thinking of a way of removing the podcast announcement from the podcast, but that just takes time. You yeah. know. And, uh, anyway, no look, I take your that. point. Yeah. I try and say witty things like "There's a summer sale on in the podcast department." It's now. <laughs> It's now even freer
2: than it was last. Week. I mean, or some other I've come up with. Do like um, a fit advert, podcast, podcast, yeah. podcast. We've got all the podcasts. Ample car parking at <laughs> the uh,
3: Yes, that's how I started. I did do voiceovers for ads in when I was in commercial radio. Oh, I always nice. say so myself. I think my voice is somewhat underused in advertising, but I can't do adverts, so that's probably. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh,
1: another another uh, behind the scenes question. How do you how do you get to choose who gets the the guest? Do you have oh, to arm yeah, wrestle. Now, yes. Now Jenny and Jenny I, Jenny visit- Murray. Physically fight. Yeah, I can imagine that. And then they sell tickets. Yeah,
3: oh, uh, and uh,
2: we do it. But in the reception. Angelina
3: Jolie pitch. Well, no. I tell you what. Seriously, now, Hillary Clinton.
2: Oh. Well. Who won? Who won? Not me. Oh, oh Jane. Jane.
3: I wasn't that bothered. I mean, just because she might become the first female president of the United States, who'd want to interview her anyway? Oh. And I said that to Jenny. Yeah. After I'll tell she'd you interviewed what, if, if we ever get her
2: on the podcast,
3: you can come and watch Jane, right? <laughs> Thank you. Can I, make, can I make the tea? Actually, what happened with that was it did look as though it was going to fall on my day, as oh. we say. Uh, and then she changed her schedule.
2: Oh, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I'd read some of the bloody book. <gasps> she's got a lot to do. She's got that card business to keep going and everything. You know? oh, she's a very busy I appreciate woman. she's busy, yeah. yeah. Have you ever Have you ever had an Oprah? Have you had a sniff of Oprah? That would be my dream. Jenny's interviewed Oprah. Can you move on to something else, please? Sorry,
3: sorry. <laughs>
2: and Jenny's interviewed Angelina Jolie. Have you got any other questions? Um, Kate Macdonald. Uh, <laughs> trying to think of someone you know a nolan have you
1: done a nolan no. <laughs> bananarama no. <laughs> no. You don't want
2: sister.
3: <laughs> who have you interviewed i love siobhan who have i interviewed i've name dropped a few earlier on there are some people you meet whose public reputation is a feminist icon really marvelous battling campaigning wonderful you meet them and i'm not going to name any names here but they come as a, they are really disappointing They are actually quite rude and I I can tell a lot from the way they treat people, I mean this is true right across the whole of human existence the way so-called famous people treat people they don't believe are very important Um, and sometimes you see some very revealing things Mm. about people's complete lack of manners and consideration and of course a lot of the time they don't know who i am because i'm not i'm not on telly then my face is not known so i can walk into the green room and i will be largely ignored by these let's say this random famous woman i may or may not be talking about until she is told that i am the presenter and then her whole attitude towards me will change but her entire demeanor will change because all of a sudden she's on and so she's got to do the public right. thing um, when she had just been celebrity pain in the ass until the moment she realised who I was. Now, I'm not naming names, but there are some people like that. I should say as well that, on the whole, politicians do not fall into that category.
1: Is that I, I have
3: met politicians across all parties, um, and again, I would say this in my apolitical BBC way, but genuine, hard-working people uh. often doing deeply unglamorous things For frankly often not a huge amount of reward Mm. and often at great personal risk to their family lives and to their own mental and physical health. And they actually have my admiration.
1: Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, you, you do have some really harrowing episodes of, of women's hour. How do you kind of debrief after that? Have Ooh. you got a have you got a method? Have you got a or a or a yeah, way that
3: you sort of I think it's fair to say that BBC keeps an eye on the um well on the mental health of all its employees. Yeah. But I mean obviously those who appear in front of microphones. I, I think if I asked for help it mm. would be forthcoming. Yeah. I am really fortunately for me, I mean it's all relative, I am relatively resilient mm. and um, I think I'm quite good at compartmentalising stuff and I do interview people who are very vulnerable but actually the BBC does look after people. We don't interview people and then if we think they can't do it and if they are going to feel worse afterwards than they did before. Mm. And actually I always go and meet the guests before every programme mm. and I always say if they're doing one of those difficult interviews, you know you don't have to do this. Mm. And if you want to walk out of the building now, you can do. Yeah. We'll fill the programme. Please don't worry about it. Yeah. And they're sort of relieved to hear that. But they usually, do. I mean, it's never happened that they've decided not to do it. But I always want people to know that this is just a radio programme. Mm. And it's not worth getting terribly upset about. It yeah. just isn't. Yeah. Having said that, those it's the interviews with so-called real people that really... Make a connection with our audience. Mm. So, although it's wonderful to have famous people on, and we often do, they it, the response from the audience to say uh, a really wow Hollywood guest is often pretty paltry compared to a woman who comes on to talk about caring for her elderly mum.
1: Yeah, but you know, we do love Angelina, of course. I, I love all the celebs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I can only I'm only going
3: on how little they really connect with the audience. That, I'm talking about. I mean, Angelina isn't a good example. I think people loved hearing her, yeah, yeah. say, even if I didn't get to interview. <laughs> um, but um, it's... And I actually, do you know, I, I really regret not being able to interview Silla Black. I didn't... I've never interviewed her. Oh. I, I really... I, you know, I thought she was quite a pivotal figure, actually.
1: I know, because Ellie and I, I mean, we have... Most of our like, stand-up shows are great and we really enjoy our podcasts,
2: but I, no. most of our stand-up shows are great. <laughs> like, that's like sort of self aggrandizing <laughs> and self-deprecating at the same time. So that's very Australian. I know. Uh, but I, I know I know
1: what we're like after the show is that we, we emotionally feel quite, well, high and low at the same time and we'll just go, wide, wide. It's <laughs> like clamber to the bar. It's just hard to, though. It's yeah. the hardest
3: thing of all and it's why I couldn't do it is mm. to stand up there in front of people you can see mm. and say, I am going to make you you laugh.
1: Yeah. But it's so addictive. It's one of the most addictive things
2: I've ever done is stand-up. But I think you have to say, like you were saying, it doesn't matter. Like you were saying about mm. it's just a radio show, it doesn't matter. You have to say it's just it's just a stand-up show, it doesn't yeah. matter. And if it's awful, it'll feel awful for about 24 hours.
3: And you do get over it. And then yeah. you'll be
2: fine. And yeah. it's not like, I mean, I only started to stand-up after I had a baby because I'd always wanted to do it, but it was only when I had Charlie, I thought, well, if I can do that, like nothing can be worse a good way of than good thinking. childbirth. It. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will not have to be stitched up after I get my joke wrong. I don't get because I did
3: I had elective cesareans. So oh. I feel like I can't, this is the part of the conversation I can't join in. Either. Although I was in a lot of pain when the anesthetic thing wore off. Oh, yeah. Nasty. Nobody wants
2: to hear that. No. I'm <laughs> telling all you anyway. <laughs> so uh, the Women's Hour Power List came out recently Now all the, all the big names on there Sturgeon, Jolie, Winter, you know, who who are your your personal Women, Women's Hour Power
3: List women? Who, well, I was really glad that Nicola Sturgeon was number one in the list. I interviewed her in Glasgow in April and it was probably my favourite interview of the year and I don't think she there's no reason for her to remember it, of course, mm. but I just thought she was really engaging and she's a great performer, whatever you think about her politics or the party she represents. Yeah. She's a brilliant speaker. She knows how to talk to people in a way that they can understand and they actually feel involved in what she's saying, mm. and frankly, she is the best female communicator in British politics. I, I, I wish, I'm, I'm being again, a bit careful. I wish some of her magic, if you like, could translate elsewhere.
1: Excellent. All right. And and your own influences. I mean, this this year the powerless was the influences. Who have you been? Your <laughs> your big. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, my mum is
3: is a clever woman who, um, just didn't have the opportunities that I've had. And I look often think her mum, my grandmother, lived with us when I was a little girl, well, for much of my teens, actually, and she died shortly after I went to university. Again, a clever woman who, um, you know, a bright woman, a woman who was interested and loved reading and she had quite a lot to watch. She was quite a bit like me. She was quite lazy. I must be honest, my nan. (laughs) Physically a tiny bit lazy, but her catchphrase was, never do anything until you're sure nobody else will do it for you. (laughs) I <laughs>
1: love it. Thanks, Brilliant. Nan. Um, <laughs> that's going on a mug. <laughs>
3: like a broider, <laughs> it. She may not have actually said it that way, but that's what she meant. And um I I'm not sort of I, I didn't have a tough childhood. I've never had a day of poverty in my life, I wouldn't claim it. But what I I, I am the first person in my family to go to university. Oh. And that um, is not insignificant. No. And my, I think my gran would have been, both my grandmothers, would have been astonished at what I do for a living. Yeah. And the idea of somebody I grew up in Liverpool, and the idea that somebody from my background could end up working for what my grandparents would know as the home service yeah. is something that's, that they would never get their heads around. Yeah, yeah. So if, if I'm really talking about influence, it would be from that Liverpool, sort of Liverpool-Irish background, which is where, very much where I come from. And I have although I haven't lived in Liverpool since I left to go to university, I and my mum and dad are still there, I should say, so I go there regularly. I've got a kind of scousometer. I can spot bullshit. Yeah. And <laughs> you you do get it occasionally. And yeah. I think that's why I do wrestle with celebrity at times. Mm. Because I just think, Oh God, you know, you're just you're basically a self obsessed knob. <laughs> and and I, I I really don't yeah. And I I think sometimes that needs to be brought to the surface. <laughs> Um, so I'm not.
1: It's an expose. I'm not easily <laughs> impressed, <laughs> it would be fair to say. And I do think. Who's well, your noblest then? No, I, I could do, I could have a noblest. Would you have a later <laughs> woman's hour noblest? noblest. I listen. Just I just listen <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I totally
2: listened to that. Oh, yeah. We're taking Jenny and Jane to the bar later like, yes. so, for the noblest. Yes. <laughs> Do you ever have you ever had like a burning desire to go? Oh, shut up, you! Not yes, really <laughs> Should we should we move on? Let's do a new section. Yeah, I feel like I'm ready for a new section. All right,
1: now we're doing a food
2: special, <laughs> not a cesarean.
1: No. So you've talked about uh, cooking well a lot on the on the Woman's Hour as well. But do you have a you have a signature jigs? And I think we've actually covered this. Mince. Proved, we've mince. done mince. We're yeah. mints with a garvey gravy. Well, I can't really. Yes, I've. I've Gravy is not a
3: speciality of mine. Yes. I, I sometimes buy the stuff that comes um,
2: in
1: the little jelly
2: punch. Well, I, yeah, you're not maybe. on the BBC now, Jane Garvey. You can say what you like. I, I
3: daren't endorse a single product. Canor stockpot, that's what she's talking about. Yes. Maybe. Who maybe. knows?
2: Who could, could other canors? Gravy melts. <laughs> yeah. Marco Pierre White, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for Jane Garvey's mince dishes. That's what they say, isn't
3: it? Can I just say at this point, perhaps controversially, Jenny and I, I don't think either of us are big fans of cooking on the radio. Um, I actually don't really... I, I, this is my personal view. I'm not really sure. I think we should be doing it. I mm. think cooking is fine. I have to do it. Most people have to do it, whether you're male or female. I think all kids should learn to cook. I mm. wish there was more domestic science in schools. I think it's appalling that kids don't learn to cook, even the basic stuff, before they leave school. Now it's yeah. atrocious, uh, and they should. Do you think there should be a mince GCSE? I, I would, and I would, in which I would almost certainly. Get an A star, yes. Uh, I hope, but I, yeah, I'm sort of semi serious about that. I wish people, but I don't think we should be doing it. I, yeah. I don't really
2: see why we should. Because also, I think cooking on the radio is a bit blah, isn't it? Yeah, I, well, I um, always like, I'm um, sort of, I always end up bi- visualising it, and I see like Allegro Macavedi or someone with a little camping stove, and you're there going, and I see you're frying the onions. Yes,
3: yeah. it's, <laughs> actually, funny enough, and I'm sure Jenny would say the same. it's not easy to do that. No, no, it's actually much easier to chat to someone, mm. keeping that cooking stuff going. And I once had a really bizarre encounter with a, a male chef a couple of years ago and he was making a meringue. Well, he put the bloody whisk on and then he couldn't oh. hear my questions. And he was just... One. So what are you doing now?
2: And it was—it's was a bit of a sort of private classic, I think, for some people. Said, oh God, we 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 are going to do a cooking special, and well, it's not, not so much cooking.
1: You you have publicly said that you do like a Greg's mm-hmm. donut, and I bought yes. three, just all for you, actually, Jane Garvey, which is um, which is a treat because it's also our two-year anniversary that the Scummy Mummy, so it's, we're celebrating with it. The... So in sixty-seven years, you'll be as old as woman's Well Sixty-seven done. years!
2: Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, we're. we're Sixty-nine at the moment.
1: Oh wow! That's so to it.
2: celebrate our two-year anniversary, we'd like you to eat all three of these donuts in two minutes. <laughs> Go! <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm, I'm, while reading the shipping forecast.
1: <laughs> now I'm going to. I've bought a selection of Greg's treats for you. Your writing is very, very So the very bits poor. of food mm.
2: are numbered on the. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I
1: have to tell you what they are.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Oh. So number one, Jane Garvey, is. well this is sausage roll. Correct. Right. You do number two. Mm.
2: That's good. a steak bake, mate. Is mm. it? Yes, good. good <laughs> it's a steak bake.
1: Now, number three oh, was, was a personal
2: request of Ellie Gibson. Oh. now this is sort of a test of your uh, your Greg's knowledge, Jane, because this is a recent. This is a new offering by Greg's. I think you'll agree it's absolutely delicious. But what is it? <laughs> <laughs> You know.
1: What is in Jane Garvey's mouth? Um. It's a new Now Show quiz. Mm.
3: <laughs> this is the kind of semi-orgasmic noise that I'm obliged to make? Oh, that's absolutely lovely. I'm really fancy this blue cheese tagliatelle at twenty past ten in the morning.
2: <laughs> um, oh, I do.
3: <laughs> All right. I'm All afraid right. I can't. I can't place it. It is, it is beef, isn't it? It is. Well, it is. It's what do you mean? Beef? Well, <laughs> it's red beef, isn't it? So. Uh, listen, I
2: did not say that. <laughs> is that a steak supreme? No, that is the new, correct me if I'm wrong, Helen, that is the new Beef and Stilton Roll. Number four. Number four is unpleasant. <laughs> is yes, it? I'm not, is that, it's not a
3: cheese thing because I can't taste it. The... No, it is a chicken bake. I was going to say. Gonna no, I think I'm on firmer ground
1: here because okay. this is, um. What do you reckon? She's oh. doing a sniff.
2: What do you oh, reckon? Oh, that's revolting. Oh. Chorizo?
1: it's a pulled pork bake pulled, oh. that is
2: unacceptable <laughs> i feel like Gregs have let themselves down with I that. Dear.
3: I, this obsession with pulled pork has got to stop it's
2: mm. got it's got to stop and stop pulling pork. your pork just leave it
3: alone <laughs> woman's hour doesn't endorse it, it never has and it never will although you do anyway let's not go there no.
2: now, off that those was really
3: horrible thank you for making me do
2: that <laughs> You are very welcome. Of those say, five, Jane, of those five, what was your favourite? Well, I
3: think the sausage roll. I mean, you can't go wrong with a Greg sausage roll. Well, I felt perhaps you could go wrong with
2: some of the
1: other things. That you welcome me there. Well, Jane, um, on top of this generous gift of Greg's, um, the Scummy Mummies have also put together a gift for you. Oh. Um, knowing that you love Greg she looks sa-
2: genuinely worried, can I just I say? No, she, she does, does. quite
1: upset. Knowing that you love. It's not an inflatable man or something. Greg's <laughs> Greg sausage rolls, and that you had a knitting special. I've knitted you a Greg's sausage roll holder. Oh. Look at this.
2: This is like Woman's Hour encapsulated <laughs> in one gift. It's like, handcrafted. There was, there was a, uh, that is
3: absolutely lovely. I'm going to line the walls of my yurt with this. <laughs> Um, but you need to give me a few more. Okay, in, I will. To, um, oh, yes. I mean, it would also do. What else it could, could I mean? Because it's a whole it, range it, of things. It, it could <laughs> warm a whole range of things. It's the length of. Um, <laughs> actually, it's not the length of anything I've ever seen. But um, it's um, it's love. Well, it's lovely, and Is the choice it? of colours as well. Um, sort of it's, could, acid yellow um, and bright orange. Yes, the, the
1: scummy mummy. And there's uh, a sort of colours. general
3: intestine look about it <laughs> as yes, well it's, um, it's quite pleasure.
1: colonic <laughs> it, it, it's suddenly been
2: ribbed yeah <laughs> it is colonic what a delightful oh. thing this we'll, has been we'll, to me we'll meet
1: put that you. on social media <laughs> ellie has written a special <laughs> shipping forecast
2: for you basically jane garvey uh, My <laughs> yes my can say <laughs> i can see your nipples i'm <laughs> oh, sorry it's a slightly, slightly unsettling experience I mean, I'm so a woman
3: of the world.
2: Thought this didn't you know, happen when Woman's I interviewed Errol Streep. I thought this was how you recorded Woman's Hour. I thought that was the thing. I thought you all sat there with your boobs out. Perhaps we should. And oh, just for so the listener, I am breastfeeding. I haven't just decided to expose myself. She's trying myself. to seduce her with Gregs and nipples. Uh, I'm not stupid enough to expose myself trick. in the BBC these days. You can't get away with it. Um So so my secret dream, Jane Garvey, apart from getting on The Archers, is to read out the shipping forecast on Radio 4. Are you any good? Um, Well, let's find out. I'm I'm going to audition for you now. Yeah, I'm right there. This is BBC Radio Scum. And now, the shitting forecast. That's wrong for a (laughs) start. The general synopsis at midday. Tantrums variable, becoming whinging later. <laughs> Viking north at Sierra, south at Sierra, K Sierra Sierra. Rouse at times, occasionally severe, with lingering resentment expected. Rockall, Malin, German bite. It's not my fault. He bit me first. <laughs> Tyne, Dogger, Fisher Price. <laughs> Dishwasher still not emptied. Husband's excuses poor, becoming infuriating later. Fair Isle, Southeast Iceland, North Waitrose, rage at times with outbreaks of shouting. patience decreasing, becoming non-existent. Lundy, Fastnet, Irish Sea, Shannon. Shannon, if I have to tell you again, you're going on the naughty step until you're 25. Trafalgar, Fitzroy, soul, destroying. Right, that's it. I want a divorce. <laughs> and now it's time for The Archers. <laughs> Rob struggles to adjust to family life as Helen finds another poo in the milking machine. Yay! <laughs>
1: well, very, very, job, very good. Actually,
2: you are worryingly competent. Ah!
1: Oh, <laughs> nobody's ever um, said that to me before. No, and I think... Going on our poster Ellie. I <laughs> think you've
3: got a future. Um, do you? And I speak with, with all the experience of someone who's never read The Shipping Forecast, <laughs> but it, you made it so it was pure poetry. Oh, uh, excellent. Thank you. And I, I do think if you're interested hey. in pursuing a career in yep. broadcasting... yeah. Don't contact the BBC, but there are others. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Loose swimming. Well, I mean, loose bra straps. <laughs> uh... So much nipple. <laughs> oh, but so we have nearly finished. It cool. is just time for the scummy mummy confessions. Do you want? Do you want to go first, Helen? Um, I wanted to confess that. Uh,
1: the other day, I was buying shoes for my child in Dulwich, oh. the Dulwich shoe shop. That's not a confession. That's just showing off. <laughs> and I looked down at my kid's fringe and a big knit. Oh, it's like crawling out. And I had to extract a live knit as and pretending I was just sort of like playing with their hair. Oh it's like there's nits in Dulwich of of sully Dulwich it's sullich now
2: Uh, my scummy mummy confession uh, it's quite a recent one actually Um, recently I went to Broadcasting House to record a podcast with Jane Garvey and it was about Mm. 10 minutes before I realised my tits were just hanging out in the middle of the recording studio
1: so (laughs) you can kill yourself later yeah it's a measure of what a polite person I am
2: that I didn't actually
3: draw attention to it for quite (laughs) a while
2: apart from when you told me about it yeah but (laughs) it's been 10 minutes into the um I thought you were just enjoying the spectacle (laughs) you know, she's very relaxed, isn't she? I thought Woman's Hour would be quite formal, but, you know. <laughs> Jane Mom. Garvey, do yeah. you have a scummy mummy confession for us? Well, I, I
3: mean, it's a bit boring to go back to the knit theme, but I have presented oh. Woman's Hour with knits. Oh. I think is, um, it should be a badge of, of honour, oh, really.
1: It's just the
3: thing is, I'm not sure whether Jenny uses the same headphones. I don't. I don't oh. think she does because, without giving too much away, we are both divas, and I have my headphones, and she has her headphones, oh. and they live together in the same studio. But oh. I don't think. I don't think the headphones speak to each other.
2: Oh. Do you, you don't share a studio with today, do you? I'd love it if John Humphrey's no. got nits off you. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> so <Sorry>, Prime Minister, <laughs> Scritch scratch. It would be quite important. I mean, there uh,
3: there are a lot of egos at Radio Four. And the idea that Woman's Hour would share a studio with a today program, you must be joking. Is that just um, yeah. <laughs> no? Yeah. It's just yeah. not going to happen.
2: <laughs> Do I make myself clear? Yeah <laughs> I think we've fully gone behind the curtain have, here at Radio 4. Oh. Can I just say? <laughs> have
1: another donut, Jane. I went downstairs to the yes. old
3: facts. I went to my colleagues. Um, yeah. um I've really enjoyed it. Um, I, I was, I've was i been on holiday. <laughs> And I've had a massive carbo load and my idea was to come back to London, and I was going to have one of those quinoa salads for my lunch <laughs> today. Instead of which, I've had a, var- a selection pack of Greg's pasties and a flaming donut. So thank you very, very you much. You are
2: welcome, Jane Garvey. Great. I'll you're be so beach ready yeah, by the time next so year cleansed. rolls round. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm very sad to say we've come to the end of the podcast, haven't we, Henry? We have, we have. Now, if you've
1: enjoyed the podcast, do tell your friends about our podcast. (laughs) Are Uh, you
3: getting at me? Can I just say, Woman's Hour is live five mornings a week on Radio 4 at 10 in the morning and Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock, and don't forget the podcast.
1: I think they get a few more podcast
2: downloads than us, Ellie. Woman's Uh, Hour? Yeah. Well, you know, good good for them. (laughs) Yes, we are on the Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Scummy Mummies. And if you'd like to see us live and in the flesh, uh, (laughs) how much flesh? I mean, who knows? After today, anything can happen. Um, We are doing a show on the 19th of uh, September at the Amersham Arms in New Cross. Tickets are available from scummymummies.com. That's it. You can come for free if you like, Jane. Oh,
3: God, you are kind. (laughs)
2: Thank you so much, Jane Garvey, for being a fantastic guest and for hosting us here at Broadcasting House. Great it's been pleasure.
3: brilliant. Well listen, not everybody brings in what you have. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and not everybody brings up what you will later on. Indeed. This afternoon.
3: I cannot thank you enough. <laughs> so best not to thank you at all.
2: Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
3: The C word yeah. um, is another thing that... Wait, I'm not going to say it, cause, uh, but, although there's no reason why I couldn't, because the C word is one of those words that uh, Women's Hour has done items on, in yes, um, which we talk yeah, about yeah. reclaiming it. Yeah. And I think, there's uh, again, that sounds a bit Guardian reader, but I think these are all really interesting areas. Mm. Why is
2: that word... The so-called rudest word of, word of all. That's what I've said that, for many years. That's Garvey. misogyny. I'm trying to bring mm. it
1: down.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you're right not to say it here, though, Jane, because people download it and turn it into a ringtone. I'm Jane <laughs> Garvey saying c***. <laughs> is it. why I'm not going to say know,
1: it. That's our million-dollar idea. <laughs> thought we were going to trick her into it, Helen. You've ruined it.
2: You've <laughs> ruined it. Now I we'll never get on Dragon's Den. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, you won't. I'm going to make a phone call as soon as this Well, is over. Deborah, our idea. <laughs> we've got a patent in 12 countries. We're looking for £150,000 for 90% of our company. <laughs> See, we've written the pitch, Jane. we It's done. It. We've written I'm, it. I'm it's really worried. worried dumb. done. Ever catch
0: yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.